it's good to be back up here. I was gone last week. Keith, thanks for filling in and walking by the Spirit uh, last Sunday morning. And uh, we've been going through the book of Romans. We got to Romans chapter 12 and we got through the first couple of verses. We'll touch on that here in just a second uh, again. But uh, I want to pick up and try to get a few more verses in today. And uh, this really has to do with you here in the room. So we'll just go ahead and, and jump right into it here this morning. I'm on verse 3 of chapter 12 of Romans, and it says this, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Wouldn't you like to tell some people that verse? Uh, You see, let me say this. Every church in our community has an aroma about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like most churches in the community could describe what their distinct aroma is. Like, what is leavener's aroma? I'd like to hear from you. Grace. What? That's it. That's it. You just going to say grace? That's a good aroma by the way. I'm just saying it's like yeah, that's Yeah, the the teaching and understanding of grace and our position in Christ. Nice. What else? What? Community. Community. The pretty strong strong community. Yeah. Any other aroma coming out of this ministry? Open. What? Open. Open. What do you mean by that? I'll pick on you for a second. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. When you said open, I kind of thought a little bit of transparent. Uh, I think that this group is... He, there's a word called hypocrisy that goes along with Christianity that a lot of the world doesn't want what the church is selling them because they feel like we're hypocrites. But I think in this community here, we pretty much know that uh, we are perfect in who we are, and we teach that, but our behavior sometimes uh, doesn't necessarily reflect that, and uh, you're in a safe place to be here. So there's an openness, somewhat of a transparency here, whereas in places I've been before all my life, uh, you did Sunday morning, and then you did the rest of your life after that. Here, it's just like it's all, yeah. Loving, supportive, supportive family. I feel like this community has a lot of mature Christians that I go to to help me dive into things that are maybe talking about in the Word. Some very mature Christians uh, understanding the Word of God and you can seek out wisdom based upon their knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. That's good. 
Anybody else? Yeah, man. Yeah, I do. Uh, I get accused all the time of harboring sinners. <laughs> Can't believe you, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, he says that to me almost every week. Did you know that you harbor sinners? Because that's what was told of me is like, come up to Pinheads because Rusty's got grace and you can just do whatever you want up there, which I teach. You can do whatever you want. The But the truth of the matter is, if we're teaching about the Spirit, your want changes. Your desires change. And I've learned that it's not my responsibility to uh, change your behavior. That's the Spirit's responsibility to do that. So there's a little bit of freedom for me in that. I was talking to a pastor friend in Oklahoma this week, and he called up, and he's like, what do you do about people that are, like, living together before they get married? I'm like, Dale, it's not my problem. It's not my problem. I teach Jesus. I teach the Bible. I teach what the Bible says. And the Spirit's issue to deal with them on their own personal issues. And what I do is I love them. How can they hear what I'm teaching if I'm not loving them? I can't condemn them. That's not my responsibility to condemn them. I can direct them. I can encourage them. I can show them what the Bible says. I can do all that, but you're not my issue. People go, how do you do it as a pastor? You're not my issue. You're the Lord's deal. <laughs> He's got to deal with you, not me. Uh, so there, there is that. I, I do harbor uh, sinners, but here's, here's the, the real situation is... If they come here and they're a sinner, they realize that Jesus died for them and all their sins are forgiven. And then the Spirit comes and lives inside of them and they're no longer a sinner. They're a saint who sometimes still sins, sometimes still blows it, still, make, still makes mistakes. Everybody in this room, including myself, we still make mistakes, but... Uh, they have been converted from a sinner to a saint. And not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did. So our aroma. Now, if, if each church can describe their own distinct aroma, don't you think that they prefer their aroma over others? I mean, that's why we choose where we go and who we hang out with in our community. But the question is, is one better than the other? Is one aroma better? Now, don't don't answer that. <laughs> don't answer that. Uh, and, and is that a form of passing judgment? I have no problem with anybody else's aroma. Because, again, it's not my issue. It's not my issue. Uh, and I think this is what Paul is saying here is like he's saying to the, the Gentiles really and to the church in Rome now that you've come to know Jesus now that you've come to know your identity in Jesus and the Jews are choosing not to do that they don't see Jesus as the Messiah don't consider yourselves better than them 
how are they ever going to hear the gospel if you put yourself up here and they're down here? Refugees. How do we minister to refugees if we're up here and they're down here? How do we do that? He's saying, he's saying, don't consider yourself better than others. And then he says, instead, instead, think sensibly. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, As God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, this is interesting because you kind of get into a theology discussion based upon what my translation says, which is the Christian Standard Bible. It says, God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. But if you look at New American Standard, it says, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each other a measure of faith. To each a measure of faith. He doesn't say to each other. He doesn't say to each one. He's like, so there's a question, does, does God just, is it saying that God just gives out faith as a whole to a group? Or does God give out faith to each individual? That's the question. I, I believe what Paul's talking in context here, especially as he goes into the next few verses, is that he's talking about God gives faith to the individual. Not just the church as a whole, which he does if he does to the individuals, but he gives a measure of faith. Now, a measure of faith, by itself describes that the church has been given a general faith. But when you say a measure of faith to each one, it describes that each individual has given. So depending on which translation you read, you're going to have to figure that out. So think about this. Where does faith come from? It comes from God. My initial faith, my watch, my initial faith is I realized that I was a sinner and I needed help. That was my initial faith. I said, Jesus, I believe. At that point, it all changed and all my faith came from God. My initial faith was from me. So if faith comes from God, does it really matter if God gave us all the same amount of faith or varying amounts of faith? Does it matter? a great question to ask did he give us all the same amount or did he give us varying amounts of faith and we speak about faith in this context i'm i'm really referring to belief and trust our amount of belief you can have belief but then the real question is is do you trust it that's where faith comes in Not everyone in this room has equal amounts of belief or trust. Agreed? Not everyone in this room has equal amounts of belief or trust. Or do they? Hmm. I have the same spirit in me that you have in you. Right? right? I I'm no better than you. 
I went to seminary. I went to Oklahoma Baptist University. I've been a minister. I have the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that lives in my mortal body that lives in your mortal body. We're the same. I'm not better. You're not better. Why wouldn't we have the same amount of faith? If I've got the same spirit, why wouldn't we have the same amount of faith? Look at Romans ten seventeen that we looked at a few weeks ago. It says, so faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. I literally go back a few weeks ago, one of the last messages that I gave, which was on Romans 12, 1 and 2. It was like August 22nd. I go back to that, and I talk about uh, where our focus is. Where our focus is. Where, what are we giving our attention to? What are we talking about? What are we living out? Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, perfect will of God. So if faith comes from what is heard... If faith comes through what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Jesus Christ, you should be listening to my sermons 24-7. <laughs> no. You can get some good sleep that way, but... Uh, I, he's literally saying we have to renew our minds about the things of Christ. There's so much going on. There's so much going on in this world right now, just... There's confusion, there's division, there's, there's just junk out there. And we're, it's all right there in our pocket in that little smartphone that makes us dumb. Because we're on it all the time and we're getting feeds and your feed's different than my feed. So your opinions are different than my opinions. And we let that be our focus we get easily distracted with the stuff of this, this world. And since that message on August 22nd, I have been swamped with personal stuff. I, I've been distracted. I've had to deal with issues. But Dell, if it wasn't for my faith in Jesus Christ... In going through deaths, going through grief, going through stuff, I'd be a puddle on the floor myself. It was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I still get emotional, uh, but, but I'm good. I'm good. When I say that, I mean that. I'm good because I understand I think I understand this world and the craziness of it and the grief of it and the it was never intended to be this way. It was never intended to be this way. It's my faith that allows me to be good. The same faith that you have. Is it 
by the measure that's been given to me or is it by the renewing of my mind? I, I think about uh, the, watching tennis, you know, last few days and uh, these young ladies are going through it mentally. Like they're dropping like flies. Professional athletes that are supposed to be mentally strong. People are wagering on their events. And when they lose, they get death threats. And the social networking and the chaos, this young girl, Emma Radicanu, yesterday, 18 years old. She went to her first major tournament this summer in Wimbledon. And in the fourth round of Wimbledon, she pulled out because she had a panic attack. She hyperventilated. She couldn't breathe, and she had to withdraw from the match in the middle of Wimbledon. She said there was just so much going on with the pressure and all that was around me that I lost focus on what was happening on the court. So she recentered on tennis and got her focus back. She three weeks ago she went to New York. She's from Great Britain. And she went through a qualifying tournament, played three matches to qualify to get into the US Open. Yesterday she won the US Open. As a a qualifier has never won a major tournament before. 18 years old because, and they asked her, well, what's the difference between June and now? She's like, all I did was just focus on tennis. All the hoopla in New York and everything else is just focused. Like she renewed her mind. Now, I don't know if she renewed her mind with Christ. I have no idea what her faith situation is, but... We live in this world where chaos is just reigning. And Paul's literally saying, hey, we've all been given a measure of faith. We've all been given a measure of faith. What are you going to do with it? Well, you can trust it if you renew your mind. You see... If you get distracted, it causes us to go into tailspins, to lose focus, to self-medicate, and even withdraw from life. So as a community, you guys spoke about the love of this community. As a community, we have to remind each other of our identity in Christ and to stay focused on what the eternal matters are. Not the temporary earthly matters, but the eternal matters. That's what is important in this community. Not the stuff of this world. And then verse 4, he says this. Now as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Okay, let's break this down. We are uniquely designed individuals. We each have a soul. And in that soul is our personality. It's our mind, our will, and our emotions. And 
causes us to do the goofy things that we do. That's our soul, our personality. You're, you're uniquely made. But then we have this ability to do things. Sometimes we refer to it as a calling because the previous chapter, Romans eleven twenty nine, says this, Since God's gracious gifts and calling are irrevocable, He gives us gifts and then we have these abilities to use these gifts. I believe that a calling is the use of your God-given abilities and, and even your interests. After listening to the Spirit of God inside of you. Like, the calling is God leads you to something and then you use the abilities and the interests to fulfill that. That would be your calling. How biblical that is, not really sure. But using your God-gifted abilities and interests for the purpose, really, of glorifying God rather than yourself just makes sense to me. I'm capable of doing some things that you are not capable of. You are capable of doing some things that I absolutely can't do. But we have been woven together as the body of Christ and we work together. That's another beautiful thing of this community. I, for the older people in this room, you remember uh, Petticoat Junction? You know, if you laugh, you just said your age. Uh, I think it was Petticoat Junctions where they had the switchboard operator. You know, the uh, she... Huh? Well, that's Lily Tomlin. See, now you really are dating yourself. That was laughing, and she was like uh, doing the the switchboard. But Petticoat Junctions, like, uh, or Green Acres, they would literally there was an operator that would connect people as they call in, and they had the switchboard. I feel that's what I do. I feel like as the pastor, as the minister, that I'm constantly going. Hey, you need to connect here, you need to connect here, you need to connect here, you need to connect here. Uh, Because we have some incredible abilities and interest in this room that people aren't aware of. And so my, I guess my calling, the thing that I enjoy doing is connecting the right people to the people who have needs. And so we work together as a community, which is a good thing. And then the last few verses I touch on today is according to the grace given to us. We have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. Makes sense. If exhorting, in exhortation. Giving, with generosity. Leading, with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. You see, Paul talks about these gifts that God has given the church for its health and the flourishing in these different texts. 
Like here in Romans chapter 12, you can go to Ephesians chapter 4, you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the interesting thing is like each, each passage of scripture that I just mentioned has different gifts listed. And so therefore, I don't think that we can conclude that there is, you know, this like spiritual gifts test that people give and there's so many gifts based upon the scripture and you're supposed to take this test to find out what your gifts are. I used to do that all the time. And, and basically, the results of my spiritual gift test was whatever I was doing at the time, that's what rose to the top. And so when people go, well, what's my spiritual gift? I'd say, uh, I'd say now, and just listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. Do whatever the Spirit leads you to do, and that's probably what your gift is. You don't need to do an analyzation of uh, all the things that you like or all the things that you're doing. Now, this morning, I want to uh, interact with you a little bit. Mike, I'll let you distribute all these right here. But everybody take a, a piece of paper. You might pass some of those out to... And if you have a writing utensil, if you don't have a writing utensil, you can literally open up your phone and do this same same little exercise. But this morning, I, I want to talk about your giftedness in this very room right here. And as we talk about it, I want you to take this piece of paper. And I want you to think about specific people in this room right here. That the Lord... The Lord brings to your mind about their specific giftedness. And I just want you to write. I'm not collecting these. You're not handing these in or anything. This is for your own personal. But I want, as the Lord prompts you, the Spirit prompts you this morning that you would write down specific names, people in this room, not in this room, and the giftedness that they have displayed through the work of the Holy Spirit, all right, as we go through this process. Um, Matt, come up here, and uh, Michelle, come up here. She's going to kill me, but come on up here. They don't know that I'm doing this. This is all impromptu. What am I doing? Take that. This is this is just two people that I literally just randomly picked. I love you. She hates this. But Matt, would you look at Michelle and tell her what you see as her gift is in this ministry? How much time do I have? I have. It's right there in front of you. The, uh, so I, so I, I, I'm sure that there's a, a, a lot of people that feel this way, but um, I think that the gift that you have, and it's benefited my home, everybody in my home, is this gentle kindness um, that you just show. I mean, I think that it's of God and how it flows through your personality. And obviously, you know, I think to Kirsten... A lot of people here, 
you're very close, and at the same time, you're still you, right? You're still a mother bear who's protective. And and I would say this, I this kindness and gentleness, I think when a, a, a minister's wife can't react, and the restraint that you've shown over the years, I think is of God. Because I don't know, none of us can really relate to that, because you're in a position where you can't say anything and you want to strike out and you want to, you know, you want to have your, your you know, your say out there. And uh, like I, I just, the, the love you have for your family, the love that you show others, I just think that it's, it's of God and it's been greatly encouraging to, to me, my friends and my family and my home. So I'm grateful for you. Uh, now, Michelle, you return the favor to Matt. Okay. I feel like I'm in a marriage retreat, but he's not my husband. So <laughs> what's going on right now? Um, That's kind of funny. <laughs> um, I just appreciate, I guess, your encouragement and support that you've given Rusty and I since before day one of Levner. And, um, and that goes for, for Kirsten also. And um, just always knowing that you have our back. And that's really important to know that. And I always appreciate your teaching, which I don't know if you know how good of a teacher you are. But um, I do enjoy when you teach up here. I think that you're gifted that way. And... I think a lot of people appreciate it. Um, watching you with Kirsten and your kids, I just appreciate the the husband and the father that you are and the example that you give to people in Levener and how you're someone that both young men and men your age and maybe even older can go to you um, just for counsel and advice. You're wise. And I appreciate that about you. Thank you. You're sweating. You can sit down now. Uh, Bogdan, come up here. And Jenny, come up here. Come on. This will be fun. I'm literally sitting here going, who am I calling up here? So you guys should be sweating out there right now. I had no idea who was going to be here today. Jenny, I'm going to let you start, and you tell uh, Bogdan what his giftedness is. This is mother to a son. Oh, there are so many talents that this young man has right here. Um, first of all, he is absolutely helpful. Whatever need, whatever comes to your uh, mind and ask for help, he will be there for, for you um, at any hour of the day. Uh, for us, he has been always, always extremely helpful, keeping us, first of all, with the technology. I think that everything <laughs> that we know and have in the house is because of him. He didn't want us to fall behind and not know how to do um, or not take advantage of so many 
new things that are around. So uh, the first time, anytime when something new appears, when it comes to technology, he would make sure we have it. And um, that makes us very happy. Um, as a son, again, he is kind. He is helpful. Um, for us as immigrants, uh, life has not been always very easy, uh, as you can imagine. And, but always the three of us, as a family coming to the United States and um, going through very many difficulties. The beginning is absolutely hard. And he was always with us, helping us in any way possible. And the good thing about coming to the United States with a younger person, he was the first one to master the language, probably much faster than myself and Adrian, and will take him shopping, and he will be our translator. But later on, we obviously, you can see we speak English now. But, <laughs> but at the beginning also, it was just the, you know, for us, believing that life will be extremely easy. We immigrated, we came a, a long time ago here, and just being very confident that speaking French will be absolutely great, it didn't help us. So he's a wonderful person. Yeah, I think I'm talking too much. No, he's, uh, Bogdan's, he's telling me. Bogdan's trying to cut you off, but uh, I just like listening to you, so, uh, so I think you do a great job. Yeah, so he's a wonderful person, in other words. And not because he's our son, but just as a human being, he is kind, helpful, and I'm very proud of him and all his accomplishments. Spoken like a true mother. Go ahead, Bogdan. Speak to your so, mom. So I'm, I'm back there, and I hear our names called, and I'm sweating. You know, I'm like, my mom does not like attention. She sits, she always sits in the back area over there. And I said, come over here, sit in the front, you know. So I'm literally sweating for her because I know this is not her thing. She is an amazing educator. She's a teacher. And, 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 and beyond a teacher, she's the, the kind of person that invested in all her students over the past 25, 30 years that she taught. And... Uh, she had the kind of care like a mother has for her child. So the countless hours that I saw her put in uh, at nights and on weekends, she invests in people and children like a pastor invests in his in his ministry. So that's that's my mom. It's 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 not because what she's done for me, she's done for other kids. And now that are grown adults, and I know she has relationships with some of them, and and, uh, and they're thankful for her. So she had that same love and care for others that she did for me. So she's she's a loving person. Very good. Nice job. Thank you, Chloe. And Nani, come up here. They're thinking as they're walking. Chloe said, do not bring me up there on stage today. And you know what that means. You're coming up here on stage today. Uh, this is Chloe. This is Nani. How long have you all known each other? Um, two weeks-ish. Two weeks. Two weeks. All right. So, uh, Chloe, I want you to talk about Nani's giftedness that you understand in the last two weeks. Um, I'm going to say without crying after two weeks of just knowing Nani. Um, the second that Nani came into our house, 
Nani was just completely honest and real. And I think that's as much as you can ask for in a friend. And um, I'm also learning in this, like, just life, the number one way you can, like, love people is by showing up. And Nani always shows up for everyone, even if they don't show up for her. All right, Nani. Um, so I have had trouble making friends for a really long time, and um, you just inviting me over all the time and being so welcoming and so inviting and just a friend that I needed in the moment. Um, and just knowing that, you know, even when I say no and I you know, make up an excuse that I'm not there, you always, you're always there for me, and your family has always been there for me, and it's it makes me feel like I belong somewhere. And so you have this spirit of bringing people in so that they feel like they belong. And it's addicting. So. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, let's do uh, Rob Duffy and Sven. I'm going to do one more after this. So don't take forever. Spin. Don't worry. <laughs> Be kind. <laughs> Rob, I'll let... Rob, you want to go first? Or you yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, go first, Rob. I would say, well, I've known Sven for, what, 25-plus years probably? Yes. Um, I would say he's a great father first. You know, he's got... Uh, Great kids that I think most of us probably know. Um, a, a great husband to Stacy most of the time, I guess. We'll just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's always been devoted to ministry, and I think most of you know the ministry he's involved with, uh, with the various cultures and trying to educate uh, Muslims on what Christianity is truly all about. So that's always been something that's been uh, very uplifting to me. Um, I would say he's been a solid friend and uh, somebody that uh, you can trust and rely on. Yeah, kind of back at you. Um, so uh, Rob is, is one who, um, coming from his military background and his, uh, his football background, is, is very clearly driven and... Um, uh, kind of solid as a rock. The Rob that you see today is essentially the same Rob that I saw 25 years ago. Um, minor improvements here and there. Um, but he, uh, his giftedness is in, I think, just being um, yeah, consistent um, and his uh, love and affection not only for his family but also for uh, particularly the the kids that have come under his care um, as a coach um, uh, I think that's where where Rob really flourishes uh, the little red light came on and so um, uh, but the affection and the uh, the standard to which he holds his his players was really um, 
something to behold, and uh, and that's something that in my mind, Rob is kind of like the quintessential coach. Very good, very good. Now this last one uh, will be interesting. I don't know how this is going to pan out, but Rob Bell, come up here, and Esther, come up here. Like I don't know if they even know each other. He's like. You thought I was going to call you? No. Rob, do you know Esther? Do you know Rob? Yeah. All right. Hi, Esther. Hi. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'll let uh, Rob go first. This one's easy. Because although I know, um, you know, your husband, you have just such an incredible voice that whenever it, uh, it's always just a blessing to hear it. And um, we talk about it all the time, that influence that you have. And I think when people, and my wife and I, when we talk about how wonderful it is to hear your voice, and we talk about it all day. It was like this just amazing voice, and it uh, it's it's a real blessing. And that that gift right there, that uh, just through the magic of it, is impressive. Well, with you, I it's funny. I think, like I've said, you said you you have had um, friendship with John. And I'm not sure if all of us have gotten to spend as much one-on-one time, but through the years, as we've worked back in kids, especially I've seen you come back, and I think of you, and I just think of the word encourager. Um, You come back, and maybe it's to drop off the kids or whatever, but I see you do it with not just us, but different ones, where you genuinely inquire on how we're doing, and the kids, and... Um, it's funny that you brought up, you know, all these young women that are struggling mentally. And I've thought of you multiple times when I've seen different athletes and just your take on, like, mental toughness and reading um, what you've written of, of that over the years. And um, now I just think as, as a, just being in the church, the different ones that have been touched by you just... Not because you have to, but because you want to, and you just go up and genuinely encourage each one of us. Right on. Thank you. Nice job. Uh, you've proven my point that this is a beautifully woven group of believers in this room, and even outside of this room. We could do this for days up here with you guys. I hope that you wrote down names, specific gifts, and now I'm giving you homework, is that you will write a note to some of the people that you have written down this week and encourage them that this Sunday when we talked about gifts... You came to my heart. You came to my mind because of this. 
and encourage one another this week. Just, this is all Paul was trying to say in this short passage of Scripture, is you have Christ and you have been given faith and you have been given gifts. Let's just be who we are. Let's just be. It's a beautiful thing. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for, man, just this community. Just the the love that uh, is for one another because of what you have done for us and in us. That you have made us new and that we can uh, just waller in that, that truth in the midst of all the junk that's going on around us and in our own lives, I pray that you would uh, continue to reveal to us your very presence in us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.